take a stroll down the back alleys of the Internet's most popular marketplace, and you never know who you'll meet. Whatever you need, they're selling. Whatever you're selling, they want. Where gals and guys and everything in between come to get their fix. This is the home of the smooth talker, the yes-men, the hard sell, and the art for dodger. Up is down, black is white, and Craig calls the shots. It's a wild part of town. You don't want to walk this neighborhood alone. Good thing we've got a couple of cats hip to the scene who can show you the ropes. This is Craigslist Confidential with your host, Stella and Quincy. Good evening. Welcome to Craigslist Confidential. Thank you for joining us here in the wee hours of this Tuesday morning. With this being our maiden voyage, please allow us to formally introduce ourselves. My name is Stella. And my name is Quincy. Indeed, together we are two cats, hip to the Craigslist scene. Each month it is our mission to investigate the Montreal listings, following leads and searching out stories. The fruits of this labor are collections of individual accounts which illustrate the colorful world of this seemingly bland, unassuming classified site. So let's get to it. Every ad is like a rabbit hole. To click reply could change your life forever. Or maybe not. Either way, you're taking a terrible risk. Up first we have a gal who went down the rabbit hole, beat first. While browsing the creative job section, our storyteller quickly found out that the line between personal and business is blurry at best. Here she is. So it was the summer after first year. Um, and I was back in my hometown of Vancouver for eight weeks, um, trying to make money so that I could go woof in Europe with my friend. Um, and I had a part-time job at a bakery and a part-time job at a clothing store, but not enough hours at either of them, and I was short on cash, and I didn't want to do either. So I was trying to look for stuff on Craigslist to supplement my income or maybe find a full-time job or something. Um, and then I saw this ad for a female foot model. And, you know, most of the time you see ads for female models on Craigslist and uh, you just feel uncomfortable when you read them. But I was like, I have feet. I don't feel uncomfortable about that. <laughs> I, c- I could model my feet and it was paying like like 50 bucks an hour or something. So I was like, I could do like, you know, three hours for $150 and that'd be fine. So, you know, I emailed this dude. Like, I was pretty sure that he just had a foot fetish. Um, But, like, I was like, whatever, it's my feet. I don't care. Um, So I emailed him, and um, he asked me to send him a picture of my feet, which I did. Um, They passed the first test, um, and then we decided to meet up to explore the possibility of me being his female foot model. Um, so we met at like a Starbucks downtown. He had told me his name was Dan and he introduced himself as Mark. And I was like, oh, that's different. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, he was like, oh yeah, I just wanted to make sure that you weren't a dude. And I'm like, nope. See these feet? Oh, lady. No, I didn't say that. But, um, so we talked about what our foot, our foot shoot would look like. Um, and he sort of talked about stuff and. It was all pretty weird. Talked about, like, long flowing skirts and, like, you know, coyly revealing my feet from them. And he told me a lot about foot fetish porn and how he didn't want to do anything like that. He wanted it to be artistic. Um, 
And then he asked me to show him my feet, which I did. And at this moment, I was like, man, I had meant to, like, clip my toenails, make sure they weren't disgusting. And they're pretty gross. Like, I had been biking everywhere that summer, so they were really, like, smelly, probably. But also just, like, not attractive in any way. And so he was like, okay, I'll call you. And uh, he never did. He, uh, and I emailed him, and he was like, oh, I don't think I can do it anymore because I don't have the money to pay you. But, um... You know, I know my feet just weren't adequate. I wasn't self-conscious afterwards because I knew that my feet weren't especially appealing before that and that, you know, they're not a not a focal point for my insecurities in any way. I just, they're unattractive and that's fine. <laughs> Our next story takes us behind the scenes with a Renaissance man who looks to Craigslist to get his kicks. He called in to describe a highbrow evening of bondage. But there's a twist. Not only does he tie them up, but he reads them the finest of poetry from his personal collection. I didn't uh, really know that much about rope at the time. Uh, but I had just started uh, hearing stuff and uh, learning and so I was looking through uh, the, I think it was Women Seeking Men, and uh, the, the word uh, shabari caught my eye because I, it was a word I just recently, had just recently uh, learned about, and that's what it is, rope bondage. So um, I uh, answered the ad, and she just, uh, this uh, lady just said she wanted to be tied up, and uh, I suggested the poetry part, so... <laughs> And she was all for that. And, um, yeah, well, she came over, and uh, that's really all she wanted. No, that's all we did. So uh, she came over, and you tied her up. Did you guys do anything to get to know each other before starting? Like, did you anything to establish trust? Oh, yeah, yeah. We were, like, um, we only started, like, an hour after she got here, so... Okay, so you, yeah. you sat down and talked. It was odd. We, we had a few other things in common, so, yeah. That's nice. Um, and you just, you just, how did you pick Emily Dickinson as the ideal po- poetry to read to her? I know, I'm somewhat familiar with her works, and I have a few of her books here, well, like the complete works and stuff. I might describe her as a little uh, masochistic, a little dark. And how long would you say this, this went on for? Like, how long did you read to her for? Just under an hour. If you don't mind my asking, was there any other sexual interaction beyond the reading of the poetry? Uh, well, that no, there wasn't, and I, that isn't even actual sexual interaction. It's sort of uh, it's uh, marginalia in terms of sexual activity, of course. So, uh, no, no, there was there was nothing uh, really overt at all. So, yeah, she was just really uh, focused on on the rope. Uh, I mean, she was married, so. Um, and uh, her husband uh, didn't want to know anything about this. That's why she placed the ad. Okay, so he, uh, he knew she was doing it but didn't want any part of it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, basically, hmm. you know. Do you ever post ads on Craigslist? Yeah, uh, not in a while, but I have. Do you find the, res- the, spo- the response is usually pretty good? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. It's, it's better when I respond to an ad. When... Oh, the responses I get are mostly from, like, hookers or weirdos. Right, yeah, that's, that's an issue on Craigslist. A lot of hookers yeah. out there. 
Oh, it's a little annoying because uh, you're, you think that you're interacting, like you're sort of starting to click with someone, and then after three or four messages, they give you their rates, so, right. you know, a bit annoying. Yeah, definitely. Poetry and bondage strikes me as sort of a strange, com- or an interesting combination. You wouldn't, you wouldn't necessarily equate the two. Uh, no, you wouldn't, uh, although there's a lot of uh, art in... Uh, it's it's an art, really, this uh, whole uh, rope bondage. It's a Japanese art. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, and uh, poetry is art, so uh, you just associate them. That's true. Uh, I thought it was uh, like a very natural thing, you know, just combine them. So uh, I did it once after that. With as much success the second time? Yeah, more or less, yeah. And again, Emily Dickinson again? Uh, no, Leonard Cohen. Leonard Cohen, interesting. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about you, Quincy, but I'll never read Leonard Cohen the same way again. Now we have a story that takes us around the Craigslist of North America. Like an exotic archipelago of islands, our teller hopped from community to community, making the impossible possible. A little ingenuity can go a long way. I had a red paper clip sitting around my house. And I remember this game that we used to play called Bigger and Better, where you start with a small object and trade it for something bigger or better. And um, I just took the red paper clip and put it on Craigslist, actually, in the barter section, and said, I have a red paper clip. Does anybody want to trade? I'm just looking for something bigger or better than a red paper clip. And then uh, I found people started making offers on the on the red paper clip, and I guess almost right away I traded that paper clip for um, a pen shaped like a fish. And then I reposted it on Craigslist again. I got a pen like a fish, does, shaped like a fish. Does anybody want to trade? And um, wind up trading that for a doorknob, the doorknob for a camping stove, camping stove for a, you know, like a electric generator. And then I kept doing this for uh, the course of a year, and I kept trading for bigger and better things, and wound up after one year with with a house. What were like the? I'm curious what the stuff was between around the generator and the house? Like, what were the bigger trades happening? I wound up with a giant cube van, like a moving box truck, a trip for two to the Rockies, um, a recording contract, a year of rent in Phoenix, an afternoon with Alice Cooper. And then I wound up with a a snow globe and a a roll in a movie. And I ended up trading the roll in the movie for for the house. Which, Which movie? That was a low-budget Hollywood straight to straight to the internet or straight to DVD film called Donna on Demand. Where is the house that you ended up with? In uh, Kipling, Saskatchewan. While you were trading out from the red paperclip, were you ever tempted to stop? Like, did you once you got to the camping stove or a bigger thing, were you like, "Oh, that'll do it," or did you want to push it as far as you could? Yeah, it was pretty tempting to stop a bunch of times because it was no one was interested and uh, it was hard to find people to trade with. I wound up with this electric generator, and you can't really walk around the streets, and it's not the easiest thing to move around. So I uh, put it on Craigslist, and nobody really cared about it or wanted to trade. So I wound up um, just sort of waiting and just putting it off and procrastinating, and then eventually I buckled down and really found people to trade with. It was it was a combination of why am I doing this, and then once. It became quite popular. I realized I kind of had to do it, and it uh, as long it was a lot of hard work, but it was worth it all, definitely. Yeah, all the reposting for sure. Um, and yeah. do you, do you browse any other sections of Craigslist besides barter? I browse free a lot, but I tend not to knee jerk and go and try and get the stuff. Um, 
on the flip side of that, I put things on free, and I've realized it's one of the... <laughs> I hate to say this, but it it attracts very uh, bad people usually that demand <laughs> help. So I'll have a bunch of stuff lying around the house that I want to just give away. And I've realized it's better just to put it on the sidewalk than actually post on free, because if you post on free, everyone's like, can you please help me load it, and can you drive this car, because I don't drive standard, and stuff like that. <laughs> Not always, but... Uh, it's definitely, Craigslist has a very certain culture depending on the section you're looking for. It's true. Yeah. I. What is the barter culture like? Like what type of people trade things? What it, Like what is the type? <laughs> it's hard to say. You know, in 2005, 2006, I was quite involved. I haven't really done much in the barter section since, but a lot of it is uh, services. So if someone is a massage therapist or uh, going to haircutting, hairdressing school, they'll often trade those things for a meal or uh, some, a much more intangible type situation where it's services trading for services. And I think that's a great way to do it because a lot of people have certain skills and a lot of people are looking for those skills. Actually moving objects around is a lot less efficient, we could say. Stella, how about I trade you one more Craigslist story for an outro to this one? For those curious about what happened to Kyle, after living in the house in Kipling, Saskatchewan for a few years, he ended up donating it to the town, where it now serves as a combination cafe-tourist attraction. Throughout his trading journey, Kyle wrote a popular blog about it, and he has since written a book called One Red Paperclip. Okay, now you owe me that next story. For our final story, we find ourselves in the ubiquitous Miss Connections listings, a real slice of society on display. A chance encounter, a passing glance, or a lingering eye, and you may fall into this curious category, where anonymity and exposure wrestle amongst innuendo and mystery. It is always a gamble. Our next storyteller went ahead and rolled the dice. Um, basically, I was at a party, and this is a couple years ago, and I was out on the balcony with my friends, and um, this guy sort of like came up the fire escape stairs onto the balcony. Um, apparently he knew people at the party, but it didn't appear that way. Um, and he was kind of just weird, not like dangerous weird, and not endearing weird either, just weird. Um, and he he was talking with us for a while, and um, like after probably 20 minutes or something, he went back inside, and one of my friends turned to me and he said, did you get a really bad vibe from that guy? And I was like, yeah, he was just pretty straight-up unpleasant. And, um, and uh, like, he wasn't rude or doing anything. He was just ba- bad vibes. I don't know, just, like, a, a weird guy. Like, kind of an asshole, but not, like, outrightly rude. He was just, like, not the greatest presence to have around, basically. Yeah, he was not... He was, he was definitely bringing things down as opposed to making things better. Um, but so then, like... Uh, I was on Craigslist and I was just reading the, the misconnections and I saw one that said you were trying to find your way to the ocean and so I clicked on it and um, I got about part way through and realized that it was about me because it, it said something like you were at a party this past weekend um, and you were trying to find your way to the ocean and that basically is just because I talked about dolphins the entire time that we were on the balcony and um he was saying stuff about how he like wanted me to follow my passions and study dolphins and whales and things. Um, 
and that he was really interested but that he was distracted by my lips and how he like wanted to touch my face and general kind of creepy things like that like how my eyes looked like blueberries but also made some ocean metaphors like just kind of all over the place um <laughs> and I realized that it was it was the same guy that we got weird vibes from who had just like skulked up the fire escape stairs <laughs> and uh, I, I did not contact him so <laughs> yeah that's about it well Quincy should we pack it in and call it a night I'd say so It's time all you night people go back to where you came from. You've been listening to Craigslist Confidential, where stories from the back alleys of the interweb are leaked over the airwaves. Please tune in a month from now on December 5th for our next investigation. And if you think you've got a great story, feel free to email us with your own Craigslist confession at your.craigslist.confessions at gmail.com. Until next time, this is your hosts Stella and Quincy signing off.